Well, as you've seen in the video, and I've already said this morning, we're starting a brand new series this morning called The Always God. Um, and the thing is, like, I suppose, I don't know, maybe a number of decades again, you wouldn't have even had to say that because you went, yeah, God is, God is sort of eternal both directions eternal in the, from the beginning or from our beginning before that and then and he's eternal after that and and God is the always God and but I suppose over time we have developed a a lesser concept of God um, and as life goes on we we get to the we might sort of go well God may have moved in the past God did mighty things in the past um, but maybe we don't truly own the idea that God is moving in our present um, but we do need to sort of get back into the Bible and see the God that always was is now the God that always is. Um, pe- pursuing people in the Bible, he's still p- pursuing people today. God has never stopped chasing people. Um, we, we see it over again in, in, in that we see it right from the time of Adam and Eve. He, he searched out for them, even though they were caught in their sin, God he longed for his creation. And even at that point in time, he had a plan to bring humanity back to him. And God, God is pursuing people today. Maybe God is, you remember how God pursued you and, and was able to, to, to capture your heart. He's restored, he restored people in the Bible. And, and what we'll see in this series is, is how he is still in the restoring business today. He's provided for people in the past and he is still providing for his people today. God has not changed over time. And the one who revealed himself as the great I am, the eternal, self-existent, infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing God is what the series is going to attempt to put forth is that I am is still I am. Now, the thing is, this is where our language lets us down a little bit. When we see the word in our Bible, Lord, if say it's all capitals. This is, so if you sit reading your Bible and it's all in capitals, L-O-R-D, okay? If we see that, it actually has a very specific word that has been used in Hebrew. And so the thing is, we go, Lord, and we go, okay, that means God, and we kind of leave it there. When, when the Hebrews saw the word, which is actually the word Jehovah in place there, all of a sudden they went, oh, when you're talking about that name of God, it means this much. So what I've just said, the eternal self-existent promise-keeping God, infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing God, that's what I am meant. So when the Hebrews went, read that word, that's what they understood of God. And sometimes we can sort of say God and, or we even probably to a, even a worse extent, we go, Oh my God. And, and we don't even really mean God. And we're just using that word. It loses its power for us. And so today, as we jump into the series, I want you to realize that when we're talking about God, God is big. His name is big and it holds a lot of meaning. And today, as I said, we're, we're talking about how God is still speaking. And we know from Scripture how God spoke the very world into existence in a simple uh, in a simple reading of Genesis. You will actually see that ten times the phrase is, is written, and God said, and God said, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and whatever He spoke either came into being or was obeyed and fulfilled. We read the Old Testament and we see God speaking to his people Israel by continually speaking to and through the different prophets, priests and kings he raised up. 
You actually see God intervening and he says sometimes he would do something spectacular and you see like Isaiah and Jeremiah see this vision in the sky. Some people like Elijah had a whisper after the storms. Other people like God spoke face to face with. And today we're going to look at one of the prophets, Moses, and how, learn how God spoke to him. In the New Testament, God spoke through his son. And the first couple of verses in the book of Hebrews put it like this. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. We read about God speaking throughout the pages of scripture. And the purpose of today's message is so that we realize and acknowledge that he is still speaking today. So I want you to begin our time by asking this question. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God can and will and does speak? And if God is still speaking, how can we know it's really him? These are really important questions for all of us. But let me bring it in and ask a more a more personal way. Is God speaking to you? When was the last time he did? And how confident were you it was him? When a situation arose in your life, when there was a decision before you, are you trusting in God's leading in that? When a choice must be made or when wisdom is needed, how do you know how to discern his voice? And do you believe that God is speaking today? So we're going to jump into Exodus 3. So if you've got your Bibles here, open it up at the Exodus 3. We're going to sort of look at a little bit of the background um, before we get into the verses that were read this morning. And so in, in Exodus um, um, 3, we actually see the story of Moses when he truly first met God. He probably had a concept of God, of, of Jehovah. Um, and for those who don't know the story, Moses was a Hebrew-born boy at the time that the Egyptians, in fear of the Hebrews outnumbering them within their own country, um, put an edict out, a mandate out to kill all first all, all boys that were born. So if you were a born a boy born, you were going to be thrown into the river. And so that's kind of what his mum did but kind of had a protection sort of uh, around him and and put him in a basket he was found by the pharaohs or the king's uh, daughter and was brought into the royal palace and was educated um by the egyptians and raised up but was still aware of his heritage um he got into a bit of trouble probably more than a bit of trouble as he killed an egyptian guard and he fled for his life and so for 40 years, he'd been living out in Midian, uh, had married uh, Jethro's um, daughter and was basically a shepherd. He had gone from a, a Hebrew refugee to a prince to a shepherd. And that's what he'd spent 40 years doing. So, and so this is where God finds him. And so he was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Um, and what we see, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So basically, there was a, it was a bushfire that was very contained. Um, if God would only do that with other bushfires and go, yep, it's just going to be here. Um, uh, it's even like, um, and so it just kept on burning. And, and it, it's really interesting. And when you read this passage, I think some of us read this passage and we, verse three, I'm just going to read it to you and then I'm going to explain something. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. 
Now, sometimes we read that as like this matter-of-fact statement that Moses was like, oh, the bush is not burning and I'm just going to go. And we almost go, oh, Moses is cool with all this stuff happening. Um, Like, I wonder, like, what the thought process for Moses was in this situation. He would have looked... He would have looked again. He would have rubbed his eyes. He would have tapped his head to make sure he's awake, maybe pinched himself, like going, what's going on here? And even though I will turn aside to see this great sight, it may have said being sent with a bit more emotion, a bit more fear, a bit more curiosity. But Moses was was intrigued by this. And so as he comes up to the the next thing that happens is, and again, we, we kind of ex- expect Moses to be cool with this. I think sometimes we, we read the Bible and go, all these great people of the Bible, they respond to God very, very well. And so Moses has gone aside to see this burning bush that's not burning up, and all of a sudden it speaks to him. So it's not a koala in the tree because it's gone by this point in time. Something is speaking, a voice is, is actually speaking out of the burning bush. There's no one hiding behind it. There's no, and again, no technology. There's no, no, no sort of, um, um, one of those, um, hidden camera shows or anything like that. There is a voice speaking out of this bush. And Moses said, well, here I am. And, and then the bush says, don't take your shoes off because this place is holy. And then we pick it up in verse three. And he says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face and he was afraid to look at God. So he was intrigued. He was at least surprised. Okay, I've got to say it's at least surprised when the bush spoke to him. because. But he's got enough sort of wits about him to actually talk back. Like he does that. But then when he says it's God, Moses goes, oops, I don't think I should be talking to God. And he actually hid his face and he was afraid to look at God because God was holy. Um in the, in the book, uh, Experiencing God, um, uh, Henry Blackaby actually points out four things from this passage. Um, first, he said, when God spoke, it was usually unique to the individual. So Moses had a burning bush. How many other burning bushes are there in the Bible? None. Okay. So he spoke to um, Abraham differently to that again. He spoke to Elijah and Samuel different again. And so God spoke in a, a unique way to the individual. When God spoke, the second thing is when God spoke, the person was sure it was God that was speaking. When Moses was there, he going, are you sure? He didn't say that. He hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. When Jeremiah was, was in, watching that vision of the throne of God and, and, and the angels declaring, and like all of a sudden the, 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 the angels sort of, who will go for me? Who? And, 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 and Jeremiah is going, he's not going, oh, I'm not sure you are God. He knew. He was hiding his face. He said, I am a sinner. I'm a man of unclean lips. When the individual um, encountered God in this way, they were sure that was God speaking. When, when Third one, when God spoke, the person knew what God said. So Moses actually goes, uh, that God actually goes through in the verses that Greg read through, through us for us this morning. Basically what was happening was that God was explaining what Moses was about to do. You are going to go back to Egypt. You're going to set my people free. You're going to tell them all this stuff. Moses wasn't in, he wasn't unclear about what he needed to do, but he just didn't want to do it. Like, and that, that's sort of like, 
he might be saying, God, what you're saying is really clear, but I think you've picked the wrong person. So Moses was, knew what God had said. And the, th- the fourth one was when God spoke, this was the encounter with God. There was no like, oh, you've got to do this to actually encounter me fully. That was the moment when Moses was speaking with God. That was the encounter that he had. Now, for some of you, maybe all of us fall in this category. They go, but, but Moses was different. And that was specific to people in the Bible. He doesn't speak like that to me. And he doesn't speak like that to people I know living in the here and now. Anyone sort of thinking that at all? Now, the thing is, like, some of us go, oh, Moses, the first, let's just hit the first one. Moses was super holy. He was super special. He's the Ten Commandment guy. He's the Red Sea guy. He's, he's this, that's that guy. He was also a murderer. Anyone fall into that category here? None of you? Good to see. That's, I'm glad no one, I'm, I'll put my hand down just in case people think, um, other than mice, rats, cockroaches and that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm all clear. But, but God used Moses and God spoke to Moses even though that was the person he was. And the thing is, I, I, at times I think we, we'd love God to speak to us in a way like like Moses to be really clear on other times I think we would worry we'd be exactly like Moses saying you've got the wrong guy um, and we'd be afraid to look at God um, but even in Exodus 33 um, 11 it says the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend again wouldn't that be great we'd get so much clarity from God we'd actually be clear about what God wants us to do it'd be great to have that kind of relationship um, but you imagine like God sort of shows up next Sunday and sits with us and wants to have a chat with us and he sits right amongst us and we get to speak to him face to face like one I'm, I'm hoping that we would welcome him in that'd be the first step but but I think at some times we'd be like going this is what would happen hey that's Jesus over there yeah yeah that's that's Jesus over there and that's as far as we'd get we might give him a wave like, can I get a photo? But to take time to talk with him, I'm going, maybe it'd be too much for us. But just because he doesn't speak face to face doesn't mean that he does not speak. God is still speaking today. And you can be sure he is speaking. You can be certain of what he is saying and you can have an encounter and experience with the living God. Um, Blackaby um, said in, in experiencing God, if you have trouble hearing God speak, you are in trouble at the very heart of your Christian experience. And Jesus put it like this in John ten twenty seven: My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If we don't hear God, it makes it impossible to do the things that God wants us to do. And so we need to make sure that we are hearing him so that we can be his sheep and his disciples. And so today I want to look at a number of ways that God still speaks with us today and, and God and, and God shares with us. And so I've done it in a way so they are all C's. So all, all these things are C's. I've kind of had to stretch a few a little bit, but they are all C's. The first one we've already covered this morning in a little bit is creation. God speaks to us through his creation. Now, I'm not sure you're aware, but yesterday 
um, our household woke up to a little bit of a surprise and we had a quite an interesting day overall. Um, and so after a bit of hard work and worry and stress, at the end of the day, I was going to get um, our barbecue that kind of lives uh, in our caravan or saw in our caravan, for, so we take it away. And we were having barbecue last night, so I went, had to go get it out. And as I came outside about 5 o'clock to get the barbecue out after this day of that, you just went, oh, we wish, wish we didn't have that day and was tired and, 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 and like just stressed. All of a sudden, as I looked out to the west... The clouds were, were, there were many clouds and the sun was shining through, the sky was pink and all of a sudden, this is what creation told me. God is saying to me, I'm still here. I've got today in hand. And all of a sudden, like, the the assurance I needed was was right there. Like, the day that had been, like, yeah, it's gone, but hey, God is still with us. And And that was... Like five seconds of a sunset did that. You imagine actively seeking out creation and, and looking at that and looking at what God has done and, and showing it about who he is. Psalm 19, uh, 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out, pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. That's the thing, like, it's amazing when you sit up staring at the sky and, and, and again, like, there are people that do this. Oh, look, look at how the, 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 the universe is expanding and finding all these stars. And I look up and go, wow, God knows the name of every one of those stars. Like, God has actually put that in place. And, and it's even better, like, Rockhampton's not too bad, but I remember when living in Brisbane, you look up and just, light and pollution you don't see as much and then all of a sudden you go somewhere a little bit isolated and you just lie there looking up and it's so clear and you go wow god is declaring himself through that you saw in the video that started off the um sermon today the different places that exist in our world and australia is one of these places which have such uniqueness in our in the creation that god has put us in we have these green green places we have these arid deserts we have these sort of amazing bits of creation and what it tells us about is god is truly diverse in what he's done like he put a rock in the middle of our country and then he put waterfalls other places and like people come up and like the thing is, we've got people that go up to that rock and they worship the rock rather than worship the God that made it. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes we get lost in the creation, but the creation actually declares who God is. Paul wrote in, in Romans one twenty, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And so they are without excuse. Romans sort of spends time talking about how the world has kind of stopped listening to God and stopped hearing what God is saying. And But Paul is saying they've got no excuse because God is revealed in creation. They've got no excuse to not hear God. They may not have the specifics. They may not know the story of Jesus, but they would be able to look around the world in which we live and know that God exists. By placing our finger on our beating pulse and and our lungs taking oxygen, neither of which we control or commanded. 
Do you know what? You do not control your pulse. You do not control your breathing. If you can't try and control that, if you don't want to sit there and hold your breath, do you know what happens? The way God has created you, you pass out and you fall down flat and you start breathing again. That like God has actually designed a, a fallback system, even if we want to cheat the system. God has actually done that. He's trying to get our attention through his creation. The second one today is conscience. Um, all of us have a conscience. Now, this one is one of these tricky ones because you can't totally trust your conscience because of our sin nature. And, and we can actually lessen the impact of, of God using our conscience by the way that we live. Uh, Romans uh, 2, 14 and 15 says, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So what Paul is basically saying was that the, the Romans, the pagans, the people that were not under Jewish law at times still did the right thing. They were still doing the, the honest and, and, and righteous thing. And, and they basically, Paul was saying they do that because God has created them. God has created them with a conscience. And even though they may not know the written law, the law is on their heart and they know, oh, I can't go out and kill someone. I can't go out and steal from people. I can't go do this. However, with our conscience, what we need to remember, it can't be fully trusted because of sin and other things. Um, we can get to the point that we, we can actually even damage our conscience by allowing ourselves to do certain things. Like stealing, stealing. I was going to say stealing a dollar from mum's wallet, but a dollar doesn't get you anything. Like, you know, it has to at least be five. Stealing five dollars and mum won't notice or dad won't notice. I steal another five dollars and I can get those things that I want. And the more you do that, your brain actually says, it's okay. It's okay. It's not that big a deal. And we start doing that with sin. All of a sudden we're in a relationship where the physicality of it goes too far and we go, well, it's not that big a deal. Love is love. It's, it's all right. And we allow that to happen. Maybe we, we, we kind of cheated in our workplace somehow or maybe we, we call in sick when we're not really sick and, and we go, it's all right, I, I deserve it, I deserve it. And we get to the point that we excuse our own behaviour and, and, like, and, and I've even had Christians say this to me, oh, God has, God has created me the way I am, he doesn't want me to change. I went, I do not find that in the Bible. God has created us and he knows that we are fallen nature and he does want us to change. But sometimes we allow our conscience to be damaged in that way. But in saying that, if we truly seek out God in this way, we can actually be wise and exercise discernment when it comes to listening and obeying our conscience. Sit still long enough, be quiet long enough, and your conscience will bear witness to the fact that you know the difference between right and wrong. Maybe in a moment, and I, I've got kids, I've worked with, with young people, and in a moment you might find someone goes, but I want this and I'm going to come up with reasons to justify me wanting this more than you. But if you truly sat down and go, do you know what? Did I deserve that? Maybe not. Maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. 
when you sit and be quiet, you'll have a desire for justice to take place and wrongs to be made right, not just your own sense of, of, of self-justice. And when you sit down and you, and you allow your conscience to speak with you, you'll, have, you'll notice that there, you'll have desires that the world can't fill. And you know these things not just because you were taught them as a child, but because someone wrote them on your heart and it's God speaking. Third one is circumstances. God speaks to us through our own circumstances as well as circumstances of others. Again, this one we need to be a little bit careful with because sometimes we'll use our circumstance to actually sort of flip something around. So maybe our life is going bad and we're saying, oh, God is out to get me. Well, that's not, you can't read that into it. Or, or you saw the lotto on TV and you go, oh, God wants me to win that. So I'm going to buy just one ticket and God's going to bless me with that. Like, just because you saw an ad on TV doesn't mean that God wants you to do it. So sometimes you've got to be careful with our circumstances. And again, because it, it could take some spiritual discernment to know exactly what God is saying through our circumstances. But the thing is, we've got to get to the point that see what God is, is actually saying through them. One of the ways God works is through opportunities. And, and many times God uses circumstances and some of those circumstances are crisis points in our lives to get our attention to listen to him. Like, have you ever been at a point where you've got no place else to go but God? And, and, and the thing is, and as, as the problem was this big and then it got this big and then it got this big and then it got this big, all those stages, I was trying to work it out on my own. And then I get to this point saying, God, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left. And so God has actually sort of said, oh, finally, I was trying to speak to you through those times and you weren't listening. So now you find, let's work out this problem together. Let's work out this situation together. Let's talk about what you need to change together. And so our circumstances uh, speak into that. C.S. Lewis um, wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures. So when things are going well, God will whisper to us. He will speak in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is, a, it is his megaphone to rouse the deaf world. And so sometimes God will use our circumstances and even our difficult circumstances to actually hear from him. Just as, as I saw that sunset yesterday afternoon, it was a difficult day. But God reassured me that he was there. It brought peace to me as I saw that. Now, in creation and conscience and in our circumstances, these are what we call general revelation. Um, God speaks in this way to every person that walks the earth. But now we're going to talk, turn a little bit and talk to about specific revelation. Um, and first I want to look at um, Christ. Christ becomes that thing where God has revealed himself clearly and he has spoken through Jesus to this world. Uh, in John um, uh, verse 1 and verse 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, which was Jesus, and the Word Jesus was with God and the word Jesus was God and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and so we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth Jesus is the final and full revelation of God and 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 we we have his words we we actually have the stuff that he said to us God is not and who knows the game Marco Polo 
So the, the thing is, it's a great game to play in the pool. Um, it's probably not good to play around the house because you run into furniture. But you play this game in the pool or other places, and the person who is it has to shut their eyes and call out Marco, and everyone else calls out Polo. Now, the thing is, most people that play this game, they cheat. Um, like, oh, I didn't open my eyes. I, I, like, I only opened them under the water or whatever else. But the thing is, the game, what, we kind of think God plays that way with us. We yell out Marco and God is going to answer Polo somewhere and maybe we'll find him, maybe he doesn't. God doesn't do that with us. Jesus was very clear when he was here. He was, he was that full revelation of God. He is, he was speaking and he's saying, I'm right here. And, and the thing is, we ask ourselves this, this question, how can we recognize the voice of God? We get to know the voice of Jesus. He told disciples in John 14, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you hear from Jesus, you are hearing from God. Bottom line is this, if you want to hear God speak, read the red. For those who've got Bibles that have the red letters in them, that is Jesus speaking. That is God's word actually saying, this is what Jesus wants you to know. These are Jesus' instructions. These are, these are, these are, these are Jesus' actions. If we want to know what God is doing, we look at those red letters in the, in the Bible, which brings us to our next point. This is where I had to stretch things a little bit. We need to look at the canon of Scripture. Now, before some of you go, are we getting guns in church? No. We're not getting one of those like t-shirt cannons and blowing Bibles out to you. No, that's not happening. Cannon is a very specific word that talks about um, the standard or measuring stick for the Bible. So when it comes to the canon of Scripture, there were actually lots of writings around that time. And they would have to measure up to a certain standard to actually become part of what we know as the Bible. There were some writings that were actually totally in disagreement with the things that we have in the Bible. So, of course, they were removed. There's no sort of, um, sort of conspiracy or anything around it. They just went, they, some of them said that Jesus wasn't God. Well, we know that wasn't true, and so that was moved aside. So the canon of Scripture means basically we need to be getting into our Bible. If we want to look at how God is specifically talking to us, the Bible becomes very clear about that. The, God, the Bible is, is God's revelation to us. Um, and a few passages I'm just going to quote from concerning the Word of God. Um, Isaiah 48, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God will stand forever. Uh, it doesn't change no matter how much time you spend on Facebook. It doesn't change. Like, you know how... Think about your growth, because some of you here are probably in your teenage years, and you might have attitudes going, Mum and Dad don't know what they're talking about. Okay, don't don't nod, don't don't move your heads or anything like that. But you might, mum and dad don't know what they're talking about. They haven't lived in my modern times. Okay, maybe it's even worse when you come to your grandparents. And go, oh, granddad and granddad—they live in the olden age. Some of you actually think about that way about your parents as well. They sort of think they actually skipped the the twentieth century. They actually grew up in the eighteenth century, and they just they're just alive today for some reason. We sort of think they don't know what they're talking about. But for those who have gone through that stage, you probably remember doing that as well. You kind of go, oh, I'm so more up to date than my parents are. And then you sort of go on a little bit and you go, oh, maybe my parents were right about a few things. And then you get to a point, I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's when you're like 50 or 60. And you kind of go, I I wish I knew what I knew back then because when I was 18, I thought I knew everything. And you get to to 40, 50, 60, you go, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing in life anymore. Like I'm, I look like what I know what I'm doing some days, but how it, 
however much the world changes, God's word stands forever. Um, Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass. But my, my words will not pass away. Um, kind of along that same line. God's word are going to be eternally with us. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I know what it is like to have a sharp knife in the house by personal experience. Um, I, I know what it is to go, oh, that knife works really, really well. And that's not where it should have cut. The thing is, God's word actually works like that in our life. It actually sort of, the more that we get into it, it actually becomes invasive in our life. And all of a sudden, it actually goes, you know what? I'm going to check that attitude in your life. I'm going to check that action in your life. I'm going to check that habit in your life. And all of a sudden, the Bible is sort of instructing us which way to go. And the more we get into it, we find it harder to resist. Because we are letting God speak to us. We are actually actively seeking God out. And we are saying, God, I want to change. And we're giving permission for God to work that way. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. If you want to serve and follow God, you need to read your Bible. If you want to be sort of guided in the right direction, you need to read your Bible. And again, this does not apply to just adults. If you can read, I'd encourage you to get in your Bible. And I know some of the parents are reading stories and and, and getting to know the stories with kids. Once you get to an age that you can read yourself, find a way of, of actively building that habit into your life. 1 Peter one twenty one says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We actually see God as actually guiding us and, and directing us. God is still speaking today, and he speaks through his word. That is why when we gather, we teach the word. We, I don't come up and sort of offer my opinion about what's happening in the newspaper. Like it, it might make it a kind of a bit different one from week to week, depending on which way the newspaper is going or maybe which newspaper I read. I, I preach from something that is constant, the word of God that speaks to each one of us and speaks to our lives. We need to hear from God. This way, your time alone is so important because when you open up your Bible and spend time alone with God, he will speak to you. Through his word, through the spirit, and this brings, and, and the thing is, it doesn't even take too long. I, I've had experience, even in this past year, where I've been going for a walk with the dogs, and I'm going, I, I really should take some time to pray. And I, I get this inkling from God as I'm spending that time alone with God, goes, you should pray for them. And I went, okay. And, and it's, it's, it, God just tricks you at times to, to make sure that you kind of get the point. And so I was, God sort of led me to pray for someone that I hadn't seen for a while. And as I went to pray for him, I went, I don't actually know what to pray for them. And then that was God's little sort of tap on the shoulder. And I said, well, maybe you need to know how to pray for them. When's the last time you've asked them that question? What can I be praying for you for? What can, what, what's happening in your life that you need prayer for? 
And all of a sudden, like, here I am sort of thinking that I'm sort of super spiritual because I'm going to pray for people around the church. And here is God convicting me within minutes. With the minute. So God just sort of led me along this path to, to, to sort of realize I need to have more information. I need to show that I care. And so all of a sudden, all this happened in moments of me thinking, oh, I should spend some time praying. God spoke to me. He challenged me. And this sort of leads us on to the next one, uh, number six, counsel of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is to glorify Jesus by taking what he has said and enable us to understand it. Um, and and more importantly, obey it. Like, you do not get marks before Jesus in heaven for understanding what you're saying. Okay? Ask your kids, parents, would you be happy if your kids could actually recite what they've, you've told them to do, actually given a full explanation of what they've been asked to do and yet hadn't done it? Like, go clean your room. Okay, so mum and dad, what you wanted me to do is to pick up my shoes, my socks, my dirty clothes, um, that gear that I've dumped on the ground, the food that I've got hidden in there, the rubbish I've got hidden in there. That's what you want me to do. Yes, good. I understand what you're asking me to do. If it stops there, you're not happy. So we are, we are led to understand what God is speaking to us, but is also leading us to um, obedience. He's called the spirit of truth and he's also called our counselor. John 16, 13 and 14 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all the truth, for he will not speak on his own uh, own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. This is important. What he is speaking by his Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. So if you sense God's prompting you toward an action, to do something, to say something to someone, and we'll, and we'll give you some examples in a, in a moment, just know the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word will act in accord. They will line up. And finally, the final C word for today is church. This means, now church is not just this moment in time on a Sunday morning. It means coming together for the purpose of hearing and exploring God's word, to fellowship with other believers, to encourage and be encouraged, to serve one another and to serve with others. Like that's what church is meant to be. It is not a spectator sport. It is a participation sport where we are engaged with God together. Romans 10, 14 and 15 and then verse 17 says, How then will you call on him on him? Um, in him who they who had not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news so faith comes from hearing and hearing comes through the word of Christ and so in the wisdom of God, it is the church that proclaims the word of God. And in that in the proclamation of his word, we declare that he is speaking. God is speaking when his word is being declared honestly and with clarity. The church also means gathered saints. So he speaks through his fellow believers. This is why when there is wisdom in an, in, in abundance of counselors. And this is why there is wisdom in not skipping out on church. God speaks through his church and why 
And why someone would not make a habit of showing up where God speaks, it sort of it leaves you sort of going, what's going on? Together in a word, um, in the word of God, filled with the spirit of God, we can discern rightly the voice of God. And there are some things that God speaks clearly about. Sexual immorality, giving, justice, the Ten Commandments. We don't have to wonder whether or not we should, be sh- we should share the gospel even or whether or not we should live- be living on mission. Those things are really clear. Maybe some of us still struggle with them, but they are really clear. But there are some things that God speaks very um, clearly about, but there are some that are a little bit grey. Should I move to a new location? Should I move church? Is it the right time for a career transition? Do I take the next step in a relationship or do I walk away from a relationship? This is where God will use his Holy Spirit and his church to really help clarify if or how he is speaking. He will use his people and in the process will usually grant his peace as the decision is being made. Although it may take a step of faith. I'm telling you, no doubt about it, God is still in the speaking business and we can know what God is speaking and that is truly God speaking and this and in this have a true and legitimate encounter with him. There is nothing like hearing the voice of God. The problem is we've got to ask, why, why don't we hear God at times? Okay, I want to run through a quick list of things that can stop us from hearing God. First of all, sin. It becomes a blockage for us. Who, who has got any um, like of those earbud headphones? Put up your hand if you've got those headphones. So there's a few people over here. Anyway, for those who don't know, they're like sort of wireless headphones. You put them in your ear. And the thing I love about them is that it blocks the, it does block the noise out. Can't hear the kids. Can't hear the dogs barking. I, I can sort of block everything else out. I don't like it, however, when my kids are using them and they're in the same room and I'm having a full conversation and there's no response. And it's all the good stuff, all that wisdom that comes to you in that moment. And, and then they go, huh? I didn't hear anything you were saying. I'm going, I can't, I can't go back to that. It's all gone. It's all, it's out of my tank. The thing is, that's what sin is like. It is a definite blockage between us and God. And all of a sudden, we, we stop hearing or we don't hear him clearly. Stubbornness is also another reason we don't hear God speaking. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8 and, and verse 13. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Imagine callous skin. Some of you may be looking at your own hands or maybe you can imagine someone is like that. This is what our heart looks like when we say no to God. Our heart gets hard. And it's not that God isn't speaking. It is that we haven't obeyed what he has, spoke, what he has spoken. And when we don't surrender but instead get stubborn and prideful, we can't hear him speak. Go back to the last time you, you remember God speaking to you. Did you go to the person and seek forgiveness or actively forgive them? Did you share Jesus with that person that God promoted you to do? Did you support that, that ministry or that person in need or serve in the church like God said to? Allow your heart to be soft by your willingness to live in obedience and surrender to God. The third reason is self. 
We are too busy listening to ourselves. We are too busy wrapped up in ourselves. We are too busy living for ourselves. And as a result, we don't hear God speaking. Our wants are drowned, uh, drowning his voice out. Our dreams for ourselves seem to be louder than his dreams for our life. Sometimes we want to hear from God because we want ourselves to look good. Oh, yes, I heard from God yesterday. God told me to do this. And when self is, is the driving force behind, behind anything we do, you can bet God is not the voice behind it. And so sometimes we need to humble ourselves. Maybe it's confessing our sin so that we open up our ears to what God is saying. The fourth one is, it's kind of a little bit of reverse. What happens when God is silent? What do we do when God isn't, doesn't seem to be speaking in our lives? We're living for Christ. We're seeking him. We're reading his word. To the best of our knowledge, we are living in a repentant lifestyle and in obedience to him. But regarding our situation today, he seems silent. What do we do when God is silent? Well, I can tell you from Scripture that good things come to those that wait. It is our nature as humans not to enjoy waiting. It's becoming more, it's becoming more and more difficult to be a patient people. We need something. We Amazon it. We, we prime it. We, 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 we want an app. We download it straight away. We want a song. We push a button. We hate waiting. But in God's economy, waiting on him produces something in us that nothing else can produce. Going back to Moses, we learn from him. He was waiting in the desert or the wilderness for 40 years before God spoke. 40 years. That's, that's an encouraging note. Some of you might go, I don't know if I've got 40 years left. And we go, okay, 40 years. What was he doing in those 40 years? Well, um, Exodus 3, one says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of, his, of, of this father-in-law, Jethro. He was going about his daily routine, and one day God showed up and spoke. It changed the world, and it changed his world and his whole trajectory of his life. He had one encounter with God, and it changed everything. And if you are in a period of time where God seems silent, keep doing what you are doing. Keep waking up and reading your Bible. Keep coming to church and getting wise counsel. Keep walking in the truth. Keep surrendering to what God spoke to you to your heart the last time you heard from him. Keep doing what you are doing and God will come and come through and he will speak. And if we listen closely enough, we can hear him saying, I'm still speaking. I still am. Let's pray together. Lord, Today, as we, we seek to hear from you, we seek to hear from you to maybe to talk to us in the, in the midst of, of trials that we are facing. Lord, let us stop and be still in those moments. Let the, the thoughts of worry and fear be let go and, and wait for you to speak into those moments. Maybe we are in a position where we are, 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 are it's a sort of waiting you to speak about direction for us. Let us be patient as you seek to guide us. Maybe we are seeking wisdom. Maybe we are seeking assurance. Lord, I pray that we continue to do the things that we need to do to, to be ready to hear from you. Um, Lord, when we hear from you, I pray that we are obedient to your call on our lives and to seek you out every day of our lives, knowing that you are ready to speak to us um, in, 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 in numerous ways. And so this week, Lord, may it be a week that you speak to each one of us 
And we thank you that you are a God who's always speaking. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. 